and I invited her. Oh, hold up. Let's commence the deep dive. <laughs> I invited her <laughs> because she's a female entrepreneur, man. Why not? I love female entrepreneurs. I love entrepreneurs and more, more, even more. I love female entrepreneurs because I know how hard it is to be an entrepreneur, especially if you're a female entrepreneur, especially if you're in this male dominated business like marketing, social media. But is it? Is it? Is it still a male dominated market? I think we need to talk about this and also about all the crazy challenges that we, you know, as social media content creators have to deal with, but also the unique set of challenges that females deal with on social media because we guys are dirtbags. Let's get Andrea up on the pod and let's have a good conversation. Welcome, Andrea. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm pretty, pretty, you know, considering all craziness around me, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I just said I, um, I really, I got a whole new perspective on a lot of things because of this Corona nonsense. I, uh, um, TwitchCon in Amsterdam got canceled. That was one. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I booked a flight to Thailand to go meet with my friends who I only see once a year. That got canceled. That was two. Uh, a wedding in my family got canceled. And three trips to three different parts of the world to visit family also got canceled. So yeah, a lot of things got canceled. But you know, I just gotta, you know, look at Italy and China and. Iran and uh, America, unfortunately, are doing bad as well these days. It's, I'm very grateful to just be healthy, man. I mean, same, same, dude. <laughs> the situation's not the greatest, but uh, being healthy is good, um, despite like not being able to go outside, mm-hmm. which sucks. But at least I'm healthy and in a place where I am very fortunate. Like I've got a backyard, I've got a pool situation hang, hang around here. So Ooh, like I'm flexing gold. on, okay. like, flexing on oh, yeah. a little bit. All, uh, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like I, I'm very fortunate in comparison to a lot of other people in um, my area. And so it's just kind of like putting it in perspective. It's like, at least I have this mm. and I have the ability to sit outside in my backyard and like soak in some sun rays, get that vitamin D. Whereas other people don't mm. necessarily have that. Yep. That's real. I have, a very, I have a very small balcony enough, you know, big enough for my cat, but not, <laughs> not that big that I can like chill out and hang out. So I do miss some sunshine once in a while, some fresh air. So I really have to go outside and just on an empty mm-hmm. parking lot, just sit there for a few minutes, soak up some sun, and uh, yeah, it's really bad. If you're living in a house or in a project somewhere, you don't have no access to, it's bad. Mm-hmm. For some people, oh, it's yeah. really bad, yeah. Unfortunately. How are you dealing with it? Is, is your business suffering? Is your business flourishing? What's happening? So it's a little bit interesting. Um, the actual consultation business as a whole has suffered but i don't know if that's because of the industry as a whole or because i didn't have the mental capacity to pivot as quickly as i needed to Mm. um so let me explain um so obviously people are looking for advice on how to run their business social media during a pandemic because 
it's a very sensitive topic. Do you talk about it? Do you not talk about it? How much do you talk about it? If you decide to talk about it, when do you stop talking about it? It's there's so many questions. Yeah. And when everything happened, um, it kind of hit me really, really hard. I actually so I have bipolar depression and my depressive state lasted for about a month and a half. It's been going on for about a month and a half and I'm just now coming out of it. Like this past week was the most myself I felt in a while. Mm. And so I went into a full blown depression where I was like, I don't know what to do. I went radio silent on all of my personal social media, except for Twitter pretty much because like in order to be on Twitch, you need to use Twitter. And so I was like, okay, um, I'll just use Twitter because I don't have to post pictures of my, of my of myself. And that makes me feel slightly better. But it was like a whole situation where I was like, wow, like I don't want to be on Instagram anymore. I don't want to be like creating content on anything. And like I was like I was starting to lose passion because I was like, I don't know how to handle this level of a situation because it was like every time I opened up any app on my phone, it was like coronavirus, this coronavirus, that. And it's like how much is too much information? How much isn't enough information? Yeah, yeah. Questions keep going. And um, I did see like apps or not apps, um, but publications like Social Media Today, Later, Boss Babe, um, Social Media Preneur, like a bunch of these uh, large publications. They started releasing articles that were like how to pivot your business during a pandemic and like how to talk about it without really talking about it. Mm. And there's a couple of brands that I've noticed that have done really, really well um, when it comes to displaying information on social media but i know that people are getting overwhelmed with like email marketing like chipotle saying like oh we're gonna keep our doors open we're just gonna proceed with extra caution hmm. like it, it's like was that really in the best taste or not and so there's a lot of overwhelming information so um i think the social media industry as a whole took a big hit hmm. the last month or so because this isn't something that anybody has experience dealing with. Uh -huh. Natural disasters and crisis management are something that we get trained to do as social media professionals, but this is on a whole different level. So, it's it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of, a little bit of a hiccup, but I think people are starting to come back around. Um, I'm work. I've got two active contracts right now for two different jobs, but most of it's influencer marketing for different companies, but it's still, even then they're like, should we really be looking for influencers right now? Like, uh -huh. should we be spending this money? Are people even gonna buy from us because are people losing their jobs? So the marketing industry as a whole is, is really, really going to change. And I think it's gonna change consumerism as a whole. Like right now, everything's up in the air. So my business is doing okay. It's just not, where I thought it was going to be because things have to change. And I don't know how to stay ahead of it because nobody's ever done this before. Mm -hmm. Crazy times, man. Crazy times. Oh, yeah. It's funny how mental health has uh, completely divided everybody, all the business. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of businesses went down, went under. They haven't found out a you know a, a good method to do online therapy and uh, mm -hmm. with integrity and honesty and do expectations management um, mm -hmm. and i myself my my 
I haven't even started my business yet officially with a website it's on you know it's all corona stuff so it's delayed and very annoying but uh, it's it's booming it's crazy because I've I've done this so over six years this online coaching this online talent development, personality development. I've, I've been doing this for five, six years. So it's it's a piece of cake, but people now are really looking for it and they really mm -hmm. can't find that much, right? Because the offices are closed and people doing some calls and doing some some video, some, but there's some Skype, but there's not really people with a lot of years experience in that field. It's funny how you see a lot of people just completely go under or some people just flourish and yeah. do very well. It's it, it, it yeah. it's so dependent upon like so many different things. Yeah. Like mental health professionals, if they can go online, it'll be great. But if they can't adjust, then they'll go under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. brick and mortar restaurants, unless they have a delivery option, there's nothing that they can do. Everyone's mm -hmm. out of work. Um there's so many, so many things that have changed and everyone has to adjust to mm -hmm. to what those changes are yep. so at least yours is online um i have a friend who's a hypnotherapist and all of her sessions can be done online as well so yep. i was like it's a really good thing because I, I remember her and i were talking and she was like oh yeah i'm thinking about getting like an actual office location so i can start taking in-person appointments and i was like oh yeah like definitely go for it like you should you should do that it's just so good that she did not do it because mm. like now she would she would be out like thousands and thousands of dollars yeah will it be hurt yeah. tell, me, tell me a little bit about that bipolar depression what did you just say yes what, yes what, what, so what is that so it's a bipolar um bipolar disorder spectrum um illness so bipolar depression basically the difference is that um, so true bipolar disorder, you have your depression and then you have your manic states, right? Mm -hmm. And so for mine, I only go into a depressive state. I never get manic, like mm -hmm. to the degree that most people experience mania. I still have manic episodes, but for what they are to me, it's very, very mild in comparison to what people who have manic episodes go through like mm. they might experience memory loss they might um have a gambling addiction they might have a sex addiction they might have different things that they do in their manic states whereas like me my biggest thing is um i do like retail therapy where i go online shopping and spend money that i don't have mm. and because my manic brain tells me oh don't worry about it like it'll be fine mm. and then i check my bank account and it's like oh, fuck, what did I do? <laughs> so it's like that kind of thing. But like, I don't buy necessarily things I don't need. It's more or don't need. <laughs> but it's it's more of like things that I want as opposed to things that like I didn't need and I didn't want them. Like I have a friend who has bipolar disorder and um, had purchased like six large things of applesauce. And she doesn't okay. even like applesauce. Interesting. And it was, so it was like, she bought it because like the issue was in a manic state and the actual act of purchasing, it like increases like endorphins. And so it was mm. just kind of like a, I'm going to do this because I can. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't experience that. It's just a, I have a toned down mm. version of that. Do you remember a time in your life where you had none of these issues? 
Mm. Yes and no. Um, uh, basically, all of my mental health issues started in, in pretty early childhood. Um, I would say around 11 or 12 years old is when I started experiencing symptoms. Um, so part of my mental health history is I've got, so I've got bipolar depression, then I also have obsessive compulsive anxiety, um, which is on the spectrum for OCD, but it's uh, related to anxiety. It's not like I don't, it's not like I do it for without reason or, and it's not because I do it like because I have to, it's I'm anxious. So now I have to do this. It's not like I tap on something three times or whatever. It's more of like I do something because I'm anxious. So I used to like pull out my hair and I had a bald spot in the back of my head when I was um, 12 years old because I pulled out my hair. Mm. Um, I, I still to this day uh, pick at my cuticles. So oftentimes when I'm like really anxious, I pick at my cuticles and my fingers start to bleed. Mm. Um, so I have pretty bad acne scarring on my face and my back because I would scratch the pimples off essentially. Mm. Um, so that's part of it. Um, and so it's like, it's more of like a, a tactile thing for me. So I've tried several things. I used to bite my nails. Luckily I don't anymore, but, um, the biggest thing that's been lasting me for the, for a while is like the, the cuticle problems and the picking at the cuticles. And I went to a psychiatrist about a year ago to like, talk to her about like what I can do and like pretty much nothing, just (laughs) try and stop myself from doing it to break the habit. And, uh, it's just really hard because I do it subconsciously. I don't even know that I'm doing it when I'm doing it Mm. until it's like, Oh, there's blood everywhere. Ow, that kind of hurt. (laughs) So, yeah. Do you remember why you developed these symptoms? Was it just all of a sudden did it gradually uh, my parents start? got divorced oh yeah that'll do yeah it was a it was a pretty hefty ugly divorce and um i didn't handle it at all in a healthy way i didn't know how to mm-hmm. yeah oh uh, you, you can't you don't really handle these things when you're 10 years old 11 years old no. right i used to hide under the table when my parents got divorced for like i think i hid under the table for like two years or something just came home from school and hid under the table and just played with myself, not even with toys and just, you know, was chilling. And psychology, everybody would drop by and say, hey, what you doing? I'm just chilling. I'm okay. Leave me under the table. Lost my mind. Really? Yeah, I lost my mind for a very long time. It was, it was crazy. I don't know what it was. It just, I felt safe there, like a cat, right? <laughs> <laughs> just chilling in my hole. <laughs> under the table. Yeah, but it's you you don't i don't think you handle it mm-hmm. at all you just it just happens it's yeah yeah and you just you're whatever your brain decides to do you just yeah. do that <laughs> did it had is that one of the reasons why you started to get into the business uh, become independent and strong and, you know become yeah. curious and develop yourself so it's actually really funny because um I always kind of used to be the kind of person that was like, I just kind of want to be told what to do. I never really want to be in a management position. I don't really want to own my own business, whatever. Um, And I really did stand by that for a very long time. But in my like in my years of gaining experience, because I've been doing marketing professionally for about five years, I was like, all right, um, you know what? I've learned a lot in the last five years. I've been working 
in, in this industry for half a decade and I'm seeing trends that something's going to change. Like there's going to be a massive change in the industry and nobody's listening to me. Hmm. And so I was like, okay, what can I do to change the way that the marketing industry works? And so I was like, the biggest thing I could do is educate. So go open up a consultation business so that people can talk to me about how to grow their brands in 2020 because it just does not the old school marketing tactics don't work the more that you photoshop your models the more that it's not working the more that you try to throw yachts and helicopters into your social media posts the less relatable it is and the more people don't want to buy your product it's you have like you want to run your business with relatability authenticity and community building in mind first and if you're not doing that, then you're not going to succeed nearly as well. Mm. And people are in the argument there is usually like, oh, like, well, like, what about Coca-Cola, Red Bull, Monster? They don't have to do all this X, Y, and Z shit. And it's like, no, because they're old companies. They've been around for years and years and years and years and years. If you're starting your business or have been in business for less than five years, you need to do some things differently because the competition is global now it's not just your next door neighbor it's not mm. just within your city it's not just within your state it's not just within your country it's the whole world is competing against each other yep. and so nobody was listening to me and i was like the best thing that i can do is try and educate for free through social media like youtube twitch etc mm. and go from there because things do have to change the way creators are being treated as influencers for brands has to change the way the brands run their social media has to change messaging has to change everything needs to give in because the state of social media marketing as a whole is not good for the world right now mm. it's funny i remember i worked at free record shop that's a cd store here in Harlem who went broke <laughs> And I, I got a management position in a, in one store, so I was like I ran a store, and it was really it was go, it was really bad for CDs in those days. We were selling DVDs like uh, five DVDs for ten dollars. It was that bad that we were selling. Oh, we were selling five CDs for ten dollars. Like we was just it was it was like it was worthless. It became worthless oh in the last couple of. I think the last two years so eventually i had a lot of discussions when we got a meeting with other managers and i was like broke itunes is cut this is 2010 itunes mm. is coming steam is big i have steam these guys are coming we gotta we gotta focus on the experience we gotta you know get these nerds out of their house meet each other have relationships with each other you know have cool mm. events make sure they connect with each other so they won't like they, they're, not, they're not gonna come to buy games it's yeah. not gonna happen, and they constantly just say it's okay. We'll 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 work it out. We'll figure it out. I don't really. It's okay. We're gonna sell it, and they, you know they were selling copies, kind of, but it was just going down, down. Eventually, they went broke. But I remember how frustrated I was because nobody was listening to me. Like, bro, it's what the, the worst. God damn it! Did you didn't you feel like it? Maybe for you it was even worse because you're a girl, right? 
Did that you play in your head? Like, did they don't listen to me because I'm a young girl and all these old ass guys just think they know better? Yeah, I mean, it's if it, sometimes it feels that way. Like, for instance, in my last company, um, it was very weird. Um, the dynamic. So I was one of three full-time females and then there was one part-time female um and when things started to explode and not in the fun way um there was it was it kind of trickled down the ladder of whose fault it was which is not healthy when you're running a business at all as a ceo as management you should never blame anybody it's a team effort you have to figure out how to fix it as a team but it was like kind of like it always felt like they were trying to point fingers as like it's your fault it's your fault it's your fault and the first person they chose was the girl who had been there the longest and then the next person that they chose was her boss and then they, and they were out of girls and so now then it felt like the, they pointed the finger at me and that's when i had to leave and like so like they fired the first girl and then the second girl quit and then basically three weeks after the second girl quit i quit because it was like a whole thing of like wow like all of this pressure of like feeling like everything's my fault i don't know how to cope with this like th it's it's not my fault i'm literally doing everything i can and i'm doing everything that you're telling me to do because i've tried to present different options and you're telling me no to my options so i'm doing it your way i've given you the data that proves that what your way is doesn't work you're still making me do it your way and somehow this is my fault. Mm. And so it's like that whole, it just felt like a constant cycle of like pointing the finger. And like, I, I don't know if it was because of, I'm a woman. I really hope that that's not the case. Mm. But it just, it felt like it because it was like, this girl's gone, this girl's gone. And now like, I'm the only one left. And so I don't know what happened after I left. I don't, I try to not poke my nose in it because I get very, uh, passionate about yeah, it because I, I do you. love my job. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a situation that it's like, what what happened? What did I do? Like, it's it's hard. It's hard for sure. I feel you, Luna Lesbian. What's up? How you doing? Good to see you. Hi, Luna. You know, the thing is, I the reason why I asked that is because I grew up in an environment where uh, small town, small minded people. Uh, they really felt like this. They felt women were unfit for certain jobs uh, because they lacked leadership qualities. They lacked uh, emotional stability. They lacked a strong mentality. They lacked strong decision making. Um, I honestly don't know where they, they got those kind of, you know, uh, ideas from. I think it just been handed down to them from their dad and their dad hold it, heard it from their dad and it feels like uh, something that they haven't really ever proven but they just uh, say they just believe in it and I wouldn't say that but mm. um, only because so I mean it's every experience is different for every woman mm. um, there are still things that happen to females in any office it doesn't matter what industry you're in that are incredibly inappropriate yeah, yeah um, definitely yeah so into like one perspective i had an interview for a marketing firm back when i was still in texas 
And this man told me that it was a requirement for my position to not wear anything less than a four inch heel. And I had to wear uh, suits, but it had to be a skirt. I couldn't wear pants. And during the interview, he pulled up um, Facebook profiles for his previous interns and like talked about how one girl got pregnant and that's why he had to fire her because he couldn't have someone so promiscuous in his office. Yes. So Okay, that's pretty that, crazy. Exactly. See, um, I, I, I ended up I, I ended up filing a suit against him with the university and the university banned him off of our campus and he was banned from our campus, UTSA, UT Austin, like every campus in the surrounding area. Mm. He was not allowed to use their employee services. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, I was <laughs> I want like I wasn't really talking about that, but that is very disturbing. That is very yeah. disturbing. Yeah, I was more focused on that some guys believe that some women are unfit for the job. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that is, that is, in, that is, thank you so much for the follow, Merle, Merle, Merle XS. <laughs> thank you. Um, I think that is, that is this, you know, the funny thing is a lot of men don't believe this. And rightfully so, because they, would never in their right mind behave like this. So they're only thinking about here from their perspective and their environment. Me and my friends would never ever tell a woman to wear, like what is, oh, this is not the place or the time to mix in your sexual frustration. This is not, no. the place. there's a lot of other places you can sexualize women all you want there's only fans there's Pornhub. there's all these places mm -hmm. who are catered to these you know release of certain hormones <laughs> but this yeah. work is not that is not the place bro that is not it yeah. that and really... unfortunately some men just don't get it because yeah. um, like the being unfit does fit into the sexualization of women mm. it's more of it there are lots of, it's un, it's really unfortunate it's not every industry it's not every male dominated uh company obviously it's because i mean i know plenty of men who don't feel that mm. men that women are unfit but i do know of companies that won't hire women for specific positions even though that's illegal but it's more of like a under the table kind mm. of like hush hush like you might hear someone say oh they could never do this job because they're a woman mm. and so it is a thing that it's like it does happen i it, it's just kind of kept more under the table because it is illegal to discriminate um, because of gender race anything what did that what did that moment when you like talk me through your your state of mind when you hear something like that 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 disgusting pig telling you these things right in your face what goes to your head you know when that kind of shit happens like i wish i was a stronger woman than i am and by that it i just mean like i am incredibly non-confrontational hmm. i sat through that interview for an hour and a half I should have walked out the second, like the, within his first sentence for me, because his first sentence to me was, oh, you look good in a bra. Ooh. 
And the reason why he said that is because he did a background look into me and my presence on social media. And at the time, I was an actress in a web series where I played a ghost character and I was haunting a girl in her apartment. Mm. And I had taken her bra and put it on over my shirt. Mm. And it was like a joke. Like, and so that was his thing. And yeah, like, I remember my face. Okay. Exactly. It was just a show. And so I, I think I have like had like an absolute look of like, what the fuck on my face? Like, I was like, what did you just say to me? And he was like, I, oh, I watched your show. And I was like, oh, haha, like nervous laughter. What did you think type deal? Mm. And like, just try to change the subject. So like my consistent thing is like, I always just try to pivot the conversation as much as I can. Um, but there's only so much you can do mm. really. And so it was like, I just kind of stuck it out and just took mental note of all of the things that he said to me. And one, the second that I got into my car, because um, my, my ex-boyfriend, um, my then boyfriend at the time, um, he was waiting in his truck for me the entire interview. And he was like, wow, that interview took a while. Did it, like, did it go good? And then I just started bawling and I was just crying. And like, I told him everything and he was like, no, that's fucking unacceptable. Like, you can't let somebody talk to you like that, especially not in a professional setting. Mm. And um, so I messaged my boss because I worked for the uh, career center at on campus. And this job was posted on our website. Mm. And so I messaged my boss and I told her everything. She called me to get the whole story. And then the next morning I had a meeting with the president of career services and there we did a full blown um, investigation and that's when he got banned off of like three, three of the surrounding universities in the area to just be like broke, like GTFO, like you can't, mm. no, this is absolutely unacceptable, but it was actually like really, really painful. I couldn't really, um, partake in much of the investigation because they asked for my first statement. So I typed out a full statement, get, sent it over to them, and then they sent it to him and then had him do a response statement. And then they had me read it so that I could send them a new statement to clarify some things. And after reading his statement and like the way that he justified himself mm. through everything, I was like, I, I give up. Like this man truly does not think that he did anything wrong. Like, you can't tell me that I have to wear heels. You can't tell me that I have to wear a skirt and think that that's okay. Mm. Like, that's illegal. <laughs> that is insane. That is insane. So, yeah. So, it was like, and he literally saw no issues with what he did. And so, it's like, my mental space was just kind of like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, the entire time. Mm. But also, the frustration, I can imagine, with, hey, I really kind of... I should do something about this. I should oh, say yeah. something. I should stab him with a pen. I should like, <laughs> I should do something right now. Like this feels like a moment where I should take action. This is yeah. bad. This guy should not be getting away with this. But at the same time, you can't prepare yourself for shit like no. that. No, no. That is it's not like, like I... this is not about being a strong woman or a weak woman or a strong. This is this the certain situations you cannot prepare yourself for that. Yeah, not at all. I mean, I feel like I still went about it the right way. 
let him get away with it, so to speak. Um, I did see that one of my friends later down the road got an internship with him because the way that he recruited me was also very inappropriate. I was working at Forever 21 at the time, and he commented on my outfit because I was wearing a red turtleneck, a velvet black skirt, knee-high socks and boots. Mm. And so out of my whole body, there was like maybe like three inches of skin visible. And um, he made a comment about my outfit and like saying that I, he like basically like he would love to hire me as his little helper elf. Jesus, okay. Type deal. Should have been a red flag, but yeah. I was just desperate for marketing experience. I feel you. I feel you. Listen, <laughs> you can, uh, so yeah. uh, you I was can. like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll I'll apply for your internship. <laughs> like, uh, so should have been a red flag, but um, yeah, not really much you can do to prepare except just try and do your best. I mean, he was a multi-million dollar marketing professional, so. Mm. I thought that like by working at his agency, I was going to get ample experience and guess not. (laughs) Guess not. I feel you though. What's the topic? Well, I think we're mostly talking right now. We're talking about uh, the unique challenges of a female entrepreneur in business uh, with Andrea. Uh, Where does he live? I just want to (laughs) talk. San Antonio, Texas. Oh, please don't shoot him, okay. Um, Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Good evening, DG. How you doing, bro? Um, That's just one of, I can imagine, one of the unique challenges that you face with as, you know, being a woman in business. Um, Do you ever feel like you're going to get to a point where you're going to be fully respected on a level where these old white men will be? Oh, God. You know... I hope so. I really hope so. Do I think so? No. Hmm. Um, there are a couple reasons why it comes down to my age, my gender, my race. Hmm. Uh, I just, people look at me and think, oh, you're such a sweet girl. And it's like, but I'm smart. I have professional experience like Mm. if you talk to me like it like and you actually hear out my opinion on what i think a good solution to fix your problem would be it's not like i don't approach things in dumb ways i don't think i know the best way necessarily i mean i kind of want what's best for the people who come to me you Mm. know now you know your shit you know your shit yeah like that's that's all like it's like i I know what i'm talking about Mm. And if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'll figure out what I don't know and come back to you with better results. Like, I and I never admit to knowing everything either. It's just kind of a marketing as a whole is like a consistent, like you never stop learning in marketing. And so as long as I'm continuously learning, as long as I'm still providing the best information for my clients, then that's the best that I can do, you know? Hmm. And how did you deal with those moments where see you could also you know could have went through these things and just say you know what fuck it fuck this marketing fuck these people fuck this nasty asshole trying to preach me like approach me like that i'm done i'm done i'm gonna let's let's just try something else this is 
I, I had enough. Why do you think you kept on going? What kept you in this mess? I think it's um, empathy to a degree. Um, so I'm very passionate about creators because I have been one for just as long as I've been in the marketing industry. Mm. Um, when I started, I started being a Twitch streamer five years ago. Um, I, yes, I quit for a while because I needed to focus on my professional career and now I'm back, but I did do Twitch for a long time, very sustainably. So like I did it full time and was making a living wage on Twitch streaming alone. Granted, different times I could do a lot more to get a lot more income. So mm. different times I, it was easier to get Twitch money back in the day <laughs> than it is now, for sure. Um, but I, as a creator myself, I started to notice trends early on that it was like I was getting brand deals, quote unquote, from like fashion companies that wanted to give me 10% commission but they weren't giving me any free product. It was like, here's a 70% off code or an 80% off code for you to purchase. And I was like, I'm not gonna fucking purchase anything. I don't want your shit. I was like, I'm a poor college student. I don't want your fucking shit. if I shit, I'm not gonna promote your shit. Like, what the fuck, no. You know, these assholes just give me an email with, hey, it's the 85% off CBD. Get the fuck out of here, man. I don't want your CBD. I'm no fuck, I'm no junkie. Get that shit. I don't, I don't want any of it. No. And so I was like, okay, whatever. And so, but I noticed that I kept getting them and I was like, this is, and I still get them to this day. Like I get them for my Instagram. I get them for everything. It's like, like, why, like, why is this normal? And so when I was finally in a position of power, so to speak at the companies I was working for, I actually built ambassador programs from the ground up mm. with the creators put first, which is technically stupid. <laughs> you should, you shouldn't really put your creators first because then you mm -hmm. have, then you're risking it away. Like you're risking your money, money and your business yeah. away. Yeah. But there is the way that I visualize a influencer marketing tactic, like the way that I go about it is influencers are an extension of your brand. They are an extension of your team. They are not a third party, something out there that you barely talk to. They are a part of your team. Mm -hmm. When they succeed, you succeed. So you should care. You yeah, should sure. want them to yep. succeed. Yep. You want them to make sales because then that's good for your business. So why are they treated like an afterthought mm -hmm. for every single company in existence? Nobody gives a fuck about influencers mm -hmm. and they're treated like shit constantly. That When they get a sponsorship, it's not for the benefit of them nine times out of ten there's like a small portion of brands that actually give a shit like elgato does a really good job with their creators um things of that nature like they actually do a good job but for the most part creators are treated like shit mm. and an afterthought and that needs to change because influencers and creator marketing is cheaper than paid media most of the time depending on the creator it's more authentic because word of mouth marketing does better than paid yep. media. Yep. And it's way more scalable because you can do it on different avenues. And if you are selling alcohol or selling CBD or you are selling weed, I don't care what the fuck you're selling, 
you can do it through influencer marketing where you might not have the, have the ability to do it on Facebook ads, on mm -hmm. Google ads, whatever, because there's so many restrictions. They so don't want that. They don't want weed on Facebook. Exactly. Hell no. Mm -hmm. And so the way that you go about doing your influencer marketing, it needs to be treated with care. And so I'm super passionate about that and showing brands that if they treat influencers like a sales team, maybe then they'll actually be successful as opposed mm. to an afterthought where they're just sinking money into an awareness play. Mm. I feel you. Yeah. But you know, a lot of these businesses are run by old white farts, you know, that's, that's kind of, <laughs> I'm calling it night guys. Take care both. Wash your hands. Thank you, Meryl. See ya. Peace. Have a good night. Uh, sending love and good vibes to you both. Thank you, Sticko. Do you, do, you, do you know Sticko? Is it, is it the buddy? I do know, I, I do know Sticko. Hmm, I know. Cool. Good to see that. <laughs> thank you for your follow, Sticko. And Arid Soul, thank you for your follow as well. Welcome both. Um, okay, I can imagine. Well, no, I, I can't imagine. I'm lying. I can't imagine how it is to, you know. You, the thing is, I'm very lucky to be able to work in, uh, within coaching, there's not a lot of rules. In therapy, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of gatekeepers. Yeah. There's a lot of people who think people are supposed, you know, how people are supposed to be helped and how supposed to be treated. Uh, mm -hmm. Coaching is really, it is what it is. It's something that you can choose in life, you know. It's not something that you absolutely need. Um, it's, it's, it's usually to enhance uh, and elevate your life, which is a luxury. Coaching is a luxury. So it's different. For me, I'm not battling a big system or a, a giant corporation or old train of thought or old belief systems. I'm just, I'm just offering who I am. That's it. It's easy for me. So I can imagine for you fighting against a system or old beliefs and old ideas has to be exhausting, isn't it? It definitely can be, but that's why I'm so passionate about it because the more that I see the new generation coming of age and becoming adults the more and more I'm seeing the world will change a hundred percent it's gonna have to I mean outside of coronavirus because that's now a whole different layer and all it changes the way that I already was thinking because mm. now I was thinking one kind of way now what the way that I was thinking has to change like, like I said, like I, like I never claim to be fully right 100% of the time, but where I was sitting here, like I was like, all right, like this is the way the world will be a year from now. Now I'm like, who the fuck knows what the world's gonna look like a year from now? Who the fuck knows like what's gonna happen or how things are going to change come a year, three months from now, a month from now? Like, I don't know. We don't know. And so now it, it it's, really unfortunate phrasing but it's kind of like a relief because right now everything everybody who was saying that they wouldn't change is mm -hmm. because they have to yep that's true and so i think that it's kind of like almost like my battle is being fought for me mm. not in the best way like i wish it didn't have to be like this mm obviously um but i do think that a lot of things are changing and p potentially for the better like a lot better mm. 
That's real talk. That is real talk. It's it, it's funny. Maybe you can you can enlighten me. When I was younger, we used to look at Dan Bilzerian. We used to look at oh, fat Jewish. We used to look <laughs> at a couple of these you know a couple of these, these these YouTube flexors. And now when I look at TikTok, when I, I try not to look at the 14-year-old shaking the ass, okay? I try to avoid that. I try to scroll by real fast, okay? Real fast. But Teach that algorithm. Yeah, I got, I got to. I got to, really. Sometimes, like, when I'm, like, I, I kind of, I, I see it. I see an ass. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a, but I'm like, oh, hold on. 15, nope, nope, nope. 15, get it, get it out of here. Okay, gotta get it. But usually I'm, I'm. I'm so, I am so confused almost by how these young kids have a completely different mindset. When you see these girls who shaking their ass in the TikToks, they're dancing and they got like, uh, maybe they got something expensive on or maybe something in the background. They're like, ha, daddy's money, ha, Gucci, all you're flexing on, ha, you know, you, 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 you bitch, ha, you, you, you a superficial idiot. Like, bro, what? These were the things that we used to, we used to idolize people when I was younger, when they had the Gucci or had the watch or they had the, the nice car, the big house. Mm -hmm. Now everybody's saying, you, you're an asshole for showing that out. People poor, didn't have no money. It's, it's crazy how these kids completely change, how they shame you for being rich, almost. Oh yeah. I, I kind of love it, honestly. I love it too, like, but what happened? So it's more of like, they it feels so fake when like uh like the dope the the is it the dope 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 dober brothers the two twins who like buy expensive cars and then there's david dobrik david dobrik yeah, yeah, yeah the well, well david dobrik's different but it's like the the dolan twins there we dolan, go the dolan, dolan okay dolan. Do, the dolan dolan twins content i i don't understand why anybody watches them um, because it's literally like, oh, I just spent fifteen thousand dollars on a car yeah. for my mom or whatever. Like it's yeah. just like a flex or whatever, and it just feels so unapproachable, so fake, mm. so staged. It, even like the way that they talk to the camera. Like you and I are having a conversation. Mm. Uh, I talk this exact same way when I'm streaming. I talk this exact same way when I'm talking to my boyfriend who's inside the house. On like we talk this way, like. I don't, I'm not doing anything different, mm -mm. but if you actually listen to their videos, it's, it sounds scripted. Yeah. Everything sounds scripted. They, it's like, they don't, it's it, like they're robotic. It probably is. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I know that David Dobrik scripts portions of like, he's like scripts the content out, but he doesn't script out what he's going to say, mm. which is why his is like a little bit more, uh, lenient on like yeah like people feel, like it a little bit better it might seem more organic yeah i don't like exactly. i don't like that guy but it, it seems yeah more i don't organic. i don't like him either he's not yeah. for me i understand why he's popular but he's just not for me not for me thank you so much silverstone bro welcome back brother so uh it's it's more of like the the more fake that it feels the more stage that it the less that people are interested um and, and it is very much a Gen Z thing. Hmm. I used to consider myself a millennial because I'm right on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z. And for a long time, I didn't understand Gen Z. I was like, 
no, like, I don't get it. Like, this is the way that, like, because I thought that there was the Gen Zers who liked David Dobrik. And I was mm. like, I don't get it. And then I did a lot more market research into Gen Zs for a fashion brand that I was working with. And then I started to realize, no, like, I, I'm definitely, like, I'm an old Gen Z, don't get me wrong, but I'm right on that cusp line. Mm. And so for me, it's like, no, yeah. I, I heavily relate to the way that Gen Zers think, and it's all about being real. Mm. So, like, it, the more real you are as a person, the less you hide. Like, take that picture without that makeup and post it on Instagram on your feed. Like, the badass bitch you are. Do not hide that. Don't filter that. Don't, don't throw fucking dog ears and a mm. tongue sticking out on it. Nobody cares. But also, if you want to do a extra as fuck snapchat filter and post that as your profile picture do it nobody cares like do you boo and i think that that's probably the biggest thing that we can learn from the younger generation is that they are 100 percent do you boo hmm. i feel so i feel so as well i, I think it's a beautiful generation the, oh, yeah. but they're but they're ruthless though they're savage oh so oh my savage. god they're really they're, scary yeah, scary they're, they're they and in a way ah, let me get into that in a minute thank you so much silstone for the six months bro and thank you for that raid as well we're talking with andrea about i mean these crazy days generation z young kids on tiktok girls shaking their ass at 14. well <laughs> these these kids in the comments what i what i feel like um, what I would have loved, see, I'm, I've, I'm not old. I'm 30. I, I got, I, I was 30 March 6, a couple weeks ago. So oh, happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. I'm, uh, I don't feel old, but I've, I feel <laughs> blessed to be, be older and, you know, to have a different perspective. And when I look at these, let's say 12 to 18, mm -hmm. I, 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 I just wish that they would have been a little bit more open-minded and a little bit more positive but they're fairly yeah. negative and they're fairly close-minded they're not far off from the boomers that they ridicule no. with the memes when i and see that's what i think is changing that's yeah. what i think the virus is changing because i think they're realizing that negativity when you don't have the ability to go outside mm. is incredibly detrimental. And I think that's like the biggest change, like the people, so my, my TikTok for you page is filled with cute lesbians, cute bisexual girls, queer people, and mental health people for the uh, most part. Right. <laughs> that yeah. is my TikTok for it's you. It's all good, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, love my TikTok for you page. But the mental health ones are like, there's this one girl, I think she's probably like no older than, and she does this beautiful um like spoken word poetry over playing her ukulele and it's all about like how depressed she is it's like so sad mm. and like heartbreaking but it's like that kind of content is actually taking over so I do think that there was already a trend towards positivity because the biggest issue that I have is cancel culture but I, I've already started to see a lot of that start to pivot where people yeah, are like, rather than, now. yeah, because it's like, oh, like it was like a big thing in 2019. Like if somebody did something, now you tweet about it nonstop. Mm -hmm. But rather than tweeting about it and giving them an additional platform, 
you just ignore them. You unsubscribe, yeah, you yeah, unfollow, you, you let block it go. them. Yeah. And then you let it go and then you never talk about it. Don't give them the, the eyes that they want because they've been trained that if they create a scandal, they get yeah. they get more views. Mm-hmm. So stop giving them the views. And that's why cancel culture is starting to fail because they're realizing it hurts more if you don't acknowledge it. Yeah. Definitely. And so I do think that it's it's pivoting away from the negativity and the cancel culture. It's just taking a little bit. I do think that the situation with coronavirus is pivoting it faster. Um, somebody said in chat earlier that they were like, I've noticed a lot of kindness um, around the virus, and I have too, um, because everybody's going through something. Mm. Life is not easy right now. Mm. And so it's very, very easy to forget about the day-to-day drama that we were associating ourselves with earlier like i love youtube drama channels like it's a guilty pleasure like knowing like what he said that she said that he said to her i don't know why i get like a, like shits and giggles off of it but Me it's too. like i love it i live for it i love and now I, love it's like, it. I don't think i've watched any drama channel content mm-hmm. in like a month outside of one thing because it was like a person that i a creator that i truly truly care about and she was very very heavily hurt um, so that was like the only thing that I kind of looked into a mm. little bit just to see what happened. But other than that, apparently there was like a big Tana Mojo scandal recently. I think really to do with new. I literally don't know. I, I would not know because I haven't looked. I just kept, I I kept seeing the videos pop yeah. up and I was like, Tana Mojo lied, caught in the lie again. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Me neither. But, not, not enough to, to Google it. No, 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 don't care. <laughs> but like, that's, a, that's the thing is like drama channels have been so popular. And like, if you actually look, um, I'm sure that their numbers are falling. They're not plummeting, but they're no, falling a little bit yeah, they're definitely. plateauing. Yeah, definitely. Because people are just like, I don't have the capacity to care about YouTube drama right now. Mm. I, I have my own things. I have my family that about i have myself that i'm concerned about mm. and my friends that i'm concerned about and like i don't i can't pay attention to that right now mm. so it's funny right how uh strong men make weak men and weak men make strong men right and you see that development also in generations of people when you see the very strong powerful generation of, of women and men create these very entitled, weak, soft boys. And then the weak generation that we were, basically, we grew up with no war, no recession, no nothing. We, you know, we create a very strong generation of mm-hmm. people who are vegan and vegetarian and conscious and care about, the, yeah. care about the world and the climate and the environment and animals. And we didn't it's give a crazy. fuck. We were eating McDonald's and KFC. We didn't give a nothing about mm-hmm. anything and now these kids at 16 are vegetarians 14 because they 15. care about the environment or yeah. their health whatever it's like damn all 14, right then. <laughs> 13 12 they're, they're turning down like the like they're turning down the heat because it's bad for the climate those like my mind's blown like wow you're turning yeah. down the heat when i was in college i used to turn up the heat and open the window because i want a fresh air and i didn't want to be cold <laughs> Like, oh I, don't, I don't give a Exposed. fuck, bro. Exposed. Really? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like, who cares about the climate? That's not something that I should be concerning myself with. I don't see anything like the results of me using the heat in the climate in my environment. Like, but now with I mean, the internet indi- and stuff. On an individual uh, aspect, sure, yeah. not. But um, 
as a whole it's more of like if we did everything as a whole like um, i was in an organization on campus called uh heat so it was human environmental animal team and part of the animal slash environment group of people we created this thing called meat free mondays and meat free mondays we ran all the numbers and basically if every single human being at just our campus did participated in meat free mondays where they didn't eat any meat on mondays i can't remember the exact number but like it would like lower our carbon footprint by like astronomical numbers yeah i can imagine yeah and so it was like that one thing and it was like just our campus then imagine if like all of the chapters and all of the texas campuses did it and then imagine if the entire united states did it like Mm. one day we're not asking for you to be vegetarian fully just one day one day where you choose to not eat meat that's true yeah and these kids know they can change the world these young kids know they know that the the you know the power of you know that small incremental change that you can you really really have an effect on things in life it's, yeah. it's pretty 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 crazy but you know how conscious were you when you were younger were you younger like, not at all not at all you were just partying smoking weed having fun <laughs> grabbing guys by the balls just <laughs> i mean <laughs> oh god you're having fun um, yeah, like, so when I was younger, I mean, I grew up um, very lower middle class, um, if not middle middle class, um, a single parent family. Um, so it was my mom, my brother and me. And I don't know how my mom made it work uh, because my brother and I like, ate enough for an entire uh, U- like the entire U.S. Army. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, so. We ate a lot of McDonald's, a lot of uh, Taco Bell, a lot of Subway, like tons of fast food. It was like fast food for dinner every night. And it was like, yeah, and it was like not like I didn't really think anything of it. Like I was just like fast food for dinner. Sure. Yeah. Um, And then I got to college and I joined this organization. Mm -hmm. And then I I was a vegetarian for the entire freshman year of college. Um, and the only reason I didn't continue with it is because I became incredibly anemic and, um, realized that I needed to up my amount of protein. And so I basically don't eat any red meat. I pretty much only eat chicken and fish, Mm. um, now. Um, and then I, uh, the way that I do it is I shop sustainably. So I only buy from local farms or sustainable farms free range only because mm-hmm. i'm more worried about like the animal welfare aspect so i won't purchase the cheapest dozen of eggs because oh. i know that those chickens are in like teeny tiny little things whereas like i'll buy i'll pay the extra two dollars for the free range eggs because i know that those chickens are taken care of how did you how how did you not just blow up and become just gross fat pig you're like your skin is good you, you're not fat <laughs> Is that is that the secret? Probably. I was very very active. I did um, when I was nine years old. Um, so I was a ballerina, and then went from that to volleyball, to basketball, to track. Mm. Dropped basketball, kept volleyball and track, then dropped both entirely and became a flag girl, which is the um, the, what, what the you, people. What is that? It's a, So it's called Color Guard, appropriately, um, but you march with the marching band during halftime, but you're a dancer. So you have a uh, 
a flag. It's typically on a six foot um, PVC pipe and it's weighted with a, a large silk fan uh, uh, flag. And then there's rifles, sabers, um, there's air rifles, air sabers. Like there's like tons of different, there's, I forgot what they're called, but there's like shorter poles that are only like three feet long and you hold two in each hand. There's so like circus stuff. Is it like circus practice kind of? No, I wouldn't call it a circus thing. It's more of just like a type of contemporary dance, but with objects. I don't want to okay. call them like weapons because they're not like weapons, but mm -hmm. it is like a wooden rifle and a, and a like a metal saber. I it's just you. like a yeah it, it's dancing with items <laughs> mm. but you can do it inside so color guard is the is the fall version and then winter guard is the spring version which all is right. outdoors cool sounds cool. it's hard to explain so did, <laughs> that did it that cleaned your skin from all the nasty taco bell <laughs> nope nope uh that is uh that my skin is not as clear as it looks <laughs> <laughs> stop telling me the power that. of makeup baby stop, don't tell him don't tell him man don't tell him <laughs> Oh man, what's up, H. Cosaurus and Don? What's up, man? 2004, young guy. How you doing, bro? <laughs> okay. 2004? No. Man, can no, you I imagine? Can... can you imagine being born nope, in 2004? I don't want to. Have this nope. have, have, when would when did the twin towers drop? It was a 2001. Wow, can you imagine not having been alive during the twin towers? Oh, that is my crazy. God. I didn't even think of that. I was conscious. I lost 11. I was 12 years old. I saw them on TV at school. I was in like eighth grade. I saw them drop. Like I remember it vividly. Can you imagine how old I am? That's really old. I, I wish I remembered it more vividly just so yeah. that I would have a deeper appreciation. At the time I was living in Chicago and my mm. dad um, was working at U.S. Steel and he was on lockdown. So he didn't get to come home for like a week. Um, but it was like a whole crazy thing like mm. i remember watching it at school too whoo yep it was insane it was insane. i thought it was yeah. i thought it was fake like i thought it was one of these fake videos oh, you know there really? wasn't a lot of fake going on but i saw well, i was on e-bombs world i don't think youtube was around back in the day but i think it was no. e-bombs world and stuff it was uh i think youtube started in 2002 ooh. so yeah it was crazy. It was very crazy what happened. Yeah. 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 Imagine being born in 2020. Can we call that generation the quarantines? Oh, would love to. <laughs> I'm, I'm up for that. It's either quarantines or Corona babies. And corona I think, babies. And I think both are, are good options. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being born in 2004 isn't that bad, but you do hear a lot about the things that happened right before 9-11 and other stuff about which you have no knowledge that's true you i think being born you you hear about a lot of like hey you wasn't born whatever like the millennium you know mm -hmm. all that crazy stuff around 1999 and the 90s were crazy though I, I do remember a little bit of the 90s there were crazy years beautiful See, 90, times. Uh, y2k though yeah y2k was another point of history you yeah. survived the end of the world we yeah. survived it like three times yeah, we survived like three apocalypses, definitely. <laughs> man, this is really crazy times, man. Really crazy times. Okay, I'm gonna go to some quick questions, okay? If you got some quick questions in the chat, please let me know. A couple of quick questions for Andrea. If I give you a million dollars right now, what's the first thing you would buy? Pay off my student loans. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> That's like literally always my answer. Just, I just want to be debt free. <laughs> if you could date a video game character, who would you date? Geralt of Rivia. Oh, Ooh. please. Please. <laughs> Ooh, I can dig it. Yeah, I can dig it. That's, that's a good choice. How, how far are you in the Witcher 3? Um, main story, I've ar I'm already finished, and I think I'm probably at the for the uh, Blood and Wine expansion. Ooh, the next one I is know. so much better. The next expansion well, is... I, no, I, I finished Hearts of Stone already. Oh, okay. Hearts of Stone is incredible. It's, it's, it's so... It's so good. Okay, Blood and Stone's good, but... Oh, oh my God. So much better. Blood and Wine. <laughs> it's so much better. The beautiful sound yeah. is just mind-blowing. Oh. Mind my blowing. love. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would get married to Geralt under a Toussaint sun sunset in the little gazebo right at the end of the palace. Who did you pick, Jennifer or Triss? Uh, Triss. Okay, good. Me too. First playthrough, <laughs> I picked her as well. Yeah. I, I will probably pick Jennifer next playthrough only because Jennifer was too bitchy for me, but I understand I, why. I feel you, so. but you gotta pick her. It's a beautiful storyline. You really gotta try it once. Okay. The storyline, okay. very cool. If you could live in one country, what would it be? A question from Rushu. In one country? Yeah. Japan. Nice. Why? Um, I have... So, background. My mother's best friend um, growing up was Japanese. Mm. And so she um, is like a family friend for me, obviously. And so she kind of introduced me to like onigiri and sushi because she would make it. Oh, my and favorite so food. I, I, fell in love with Japanese food mm. and I was also pretty young so I was watching like Pokemon and Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z at the time. I didn't really have a concept of like that being Japanese yet but it was like introductory anime and then like because I watched them I also started watching like Inuyasha which is very heavy on like Shinto lore. What is and that? Shinto is the national religion of uh, Japan. All right okay. So it's like the one where there's like all those spirits and uh, demons and yeah. all of that stuff. And so I really, really fell in love with like that, like Shinto beliefs. Like not, I'm not, I don't believe in them, like obviously, but it's like, I do like Shinto beliefs. Like I yeah. think it's really, really interesting and cool. Yeah. Um, as I've become an adult, I've actually adapted in a lot of, um, SGI, which is the Soka Gakkai International, um, it's Nishiden Daishonin Buddhism. I've accepted that as my belief system. Mm. Um, I did that about a year and a half ago, almost to the date, actually. Um, so it's very much a part of my life. So a lot of like what I live is Japanese in nature, <laughs> mm. which is very weird because I'm not Japanese at all. Um, but I've been, I grew up with it. So it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't vibe with the weeaboo culture. I just like <laughs> Japanese stuff. Like I, I don't consider myself a weeaboo, but other mm. people think that I am because I like anime and I like Japanese things, but it's mm. like, no, like I'm actually invested in the culture. Like I like Shinto. I am Buddhist. I love the food. I am learning the language. I'm learning how to read and write. So. I'm getting there. <laughs> I got you. What is your favorite anime from Sticko? Oh, God. Um, mm, Higurashi no Nakokoroni. I know. Um, English is When They Cry. Uh, okay. 
like a it's... gay porn? <laughs> Why all these no. enemies got gay porn in them, man? All these enemies got gay no. porn in them. No. They all do, man. Admit it. They all do. No. What anime are you watching? I don't know. Oh, every anime, the people record. They all got gay porn in them, man. Oh, my God. No, Higurashi, there's only one boy character. Okay. So you would think that it was like a harem style, but it's not. It's okay. um, no porn. It's it's prefaced as like an an a young a young adult. Well, not even young adult, but it's um children. So it's elementary school, middle school students. It's mm. positioned as like a slice of life anime where it's like their school life, but it's actually the village that they live in is haunted by a demon. It's cursed by a demon, and now they're like the sickness like the possession goes from one person to another and they're all killing each other and it's very like gory bloody mm. like scary oh i love it i love it i love it, I love it. sounds cool no gay porn yes. i like it uh no what, do you, what do you yeah. see yourself in 30 years time in terms of business in terms of business um 30 years that'll leave of... you like 50 55 or something yeah 55 yeah Honestly, I don't know. And I kind of want to keep it that way because the more I think about the future, the more it just freaks me out. Cause it's like, especially, like I used to be like, oh yeah, like in 30 years time, I'll be working as like a, a CEO of like a multi-million dollar company, blah, 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 blah. Like that was mm. my goal. And like now it's kind of like, sure, that could be my goal, but that doesn't, necessarily mean that i'm going to put that pressure on myself to like be there in 30 years i think i just want to be happy maybe have like i just want to be happy have a home be like st stable like financially mm. stable with my family um hopefully by then i well oh, by then i should have had kids if i didn't have kids fine that's great mm. i don't care Right now, I'm in the mental headspace that I would one day like kids, which is very different than who I was three months ago. So three months ago, I was like, no, no kids. But now I'm kind of like, mm, kids sound nice. Kids are cool. Yeah, you're, so. the, you're like at that. In my, in my, when I was 25, I was still like, eh, but slowly you're going to grow into it. If you're yeah, not growing slowly. into it right now, then you probably never will. I don't want any for a while. Yeah. But like, I was like, 30 or uh, once I'm 30, maybe then I'll. Hmm. If you could do anything at this moment in time, what would that be? Don't say watch gay porn. <laughs> um, play Witcher three. Okay, I I respect it. Me too. <laughs> I played I played again. I I I went for a third playthrough, but I just I got too much games like and, and no time. Today they also dropped a new uh, app DLC for uh, Borderlands and. Like there's so oh, much shit, things right. so much things happen also i love the new division expansion and i kind of like witcher 2 shit don't buy it i already bought it oh my god bucks. it's a piece it's of shit it's only three bucks no don't it's do it bucks. it's not even worth three bucks it's a piece of shit oh my but god the story. But oh, the story. i know watch youtube the playthrough <laughs> watch a youtube video the game it's is three dollars steaming pile of dog poo it is it's unplayable. It is we'll literally. See. We'll see. It is I'll give the it a worst. Shot. Okay, one, 
is honestly the worst game ever made. Oh yeah, I won't play one. I won't play one because two that like is... he like runs around with like the sword like this. Yeah, two is slightly <laughs> better, but still very, very bad. Very bad, not a good game. And I just watched it for the story because the story in my opinion is better in two. Um, mm. Because three is just fully focused on three the little is girl. So good. Yeah, but it's just yeah. completely on the little girl. And two is more a story of Geralt. And more, you know, he's, he's yeah. really the star in the story. And a little bit of Jennifer. And a lot of politics. Like, a lot of politics. Which I love, personally. Yeah, I didn't same, mind same. finding the girl and saving her. But I also love the politics. It's very, yeah. Do you watch gay anime? It's just, I don't, stop with the gay stuff, man, okay? I got one last question. <laughs> What, oh, yeah, I know World War Z is free on Epic Game. You really should get that quick. It's, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, beautiful, that's true. beautiful game. Okay, the last question, final question, very important one. Everybody has answered this question up until now on Deep Dive, which is, there's an open field. It's all sand. Nothing on the field except for sand. There's a thousand chimpanzees just chilling, relaxing, scratching, smelling their poo. And there's a thousand human beings on your command, you can handpick every single human being, and you gotta kill every single chimpanzee. Do you think you can do it? Can you beat a thousand chimpanzees with a thousand human beings? Hell no. No. Chimpanzees are ferocious. Th that okay? But th there's no way. I mean, I mean there is, but I don't wanna. I know you Leave don't the chimpanzees alone. Oh, you are hippie as well, man. <laughs> I got the, the previous guest also said, I don't want to hurt no chimpanzees if it's not Exactly. Like, Leave them alone. I'll kill the chimps, man. Kill the assholes. Chimps are assholes. They're violent, I mean, nasty. Yes, but, but, they're, but they're chimps. They didn't do nothing wrong. Okay, let's say they're, they're ready. They're ready to fight. They want to fight. They want to kill mankind, and it's up to you. So, so this is like Planet of the Apes style. Yep. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta kill. You gotta go. Oh no, I fucking surrender, bitch. Planet of the Apes is a terrifying movie. Really? You're out? <laughs> you're out? You're like, okay, we're gonna listen to the monkey now? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. Give me... Oh god, I don't know the actors' names. Um, the Rock, obviously. Okay. Uh, no weapons though, right? Me... Butt naked. I know you don't mind it with butt the rock. Naked. Yeah, butt, butt naked, naked rock. No. Yeah. The rock. Um, what's his face from Fast and the Furious? But the bald guy, not not Vin Diesel. Um, the the bad guy. I've never watched Fast and Furious. What the fuck is wrong with you? I know it's. I just. I don't like cars, and I don't like shooting people. Like I just just do it. Jason, Jason St Statham, is, is that right? It could be. He I does a lot know. of action and car movies. The, he was the guy that uh, that fought um, Hobbs. The guy who plays Shaw. The guy who plays Shaw in... Yeah, a lot in, of people sing Jason Statham. Okay, okay cool, okay. cool, cool. So you want Henry that guy. Henry would be fantastic, and he did play rugby. Give me his whole family. Give me all <laughs> the brothers. He has like 11 brothers. Bring them all up here. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, so Jason Statham. Um, give, give, okay, give me like those those action movie guys who do all their own stunts, and then we can talk. <laughs> okay, then we got shot. 
<laughs> okay, then we got a shot. Well, Jason Statham could do it. Yeah, he could do it. I trust bald guys. <laughs> Usually very strong. Dangerous. <laughs> sure. <laughs> thank you so much, Andre. I had a great time, man. Thank you. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. Absolutely. Had a had a blast. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope to have you back someday, man. Love to uh, talk a little bit more marketing with you, man. It's social media stuff. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thank you very much. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>